Player Profiler Faithful, it's Maddie Kiwu. Welcome to the latest episode of The Game Plan. Today, we are planning to dominate our week four matchups. Uh, we're going to be looking at some of those players whose production may be a little bit of Fugazi, Fugazi, a Wazi, a Wizzy, a little bit of Fairy Dust, straight up fake. Then, of course, the guest and myself will go bargain bin hunting to look for some last minute diamonds in the rough to help you win this week. So, ladies and gents, get your pens and your pads and let's get to work so we can get those week four dubs. Planners, today I am joined by a very, very, very special guest. You tune into his show seven days a week at 7 p.m. right here on the Player Profiler Network. And if you're just coming out from underneath your rock, I am talking about the host of Player Profiler today. You can also find him breaking the latest fantasy football news over on TikTok. I'm talking about the one and only Mr. Jack Kavanaugh. What's going on, Jack? Hello, hello, hello. Happy to be here, Maddie. An honor to be back on this show about a year later. Love coming on the game plan. Great show, and it's a great week ahead. Week four, exciting times, especially a great start on Thursday Night Football. Oh, well, I, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. Let's get it out of the way. And round of applause for those damn Lions from Detroit. They're looking good this year. And for the special occasion, because I know you're a diehard Lions fan, I busted out the old Joey Harrington top for you. Get that good juju going as we break down the week four slate. But very, very excited to have you on. Uh, I believe the first time you came on was part of the offseason discussion. So we were talking about utilizing free agency in the NFL to benefit our dynasty teams. But today, you ready to roll them sleeves up? Because we're going to get into the nitty gritty. We have, we're, we're talking about those players that help these uh, our listeners get wins uh, in real time in week four. So you ready to dive into the weeds, get into the thick of it, my friend? Absolutely. Always. And appreciate the Joey Harrington jersey. Good juju, baby. This is what ju good juju for Jack. This is what we got going here. <laughs> Joey Harrington. This is my good luck jersey. Obviously, this year, you know, if I wear it, am I a bandwagoner? No, I just like jerseys. But, you know, shout out to the Lions. Shout out to what they're doing. They're, uh, they're killing it this year, and it's a lot of fun to watch. So uh, uh, let's dive right in to the first segment. So before we go bargain bin shopping, which is America's favorite segment in all of fantasy football, but before we get into that, I want to talk to you about fantasy mirages. And uh, for people who may not be familiar with the term, the mirage is that thing you see in the desert, the the, the picture that comes to mind what you're kind of articulating but then when you get there it's not there it's fake it's just not what it's what was supposed to be so today i want to talk to uh, you jack about those fantasy mirages whose production three weeks in is a bit of a fake it's a bit of fugazi and listeners can either try to trade away now or look for other options but who's a player that comes to mind that is just a, been a mirage so far well, it's got to be Kyron Williams, right? I mean, he is just coasting off of pure volume. He's first in snap share, first in routes run. He's 20th in carries, but he's second in targets. But all of the underlying metrics are not good for Kyron Williams. He has zero breakaway runs this year. Zero. And that's because he's not explosive. <laughs> 4.7 yeah, yeah. yards per touch, 34th in the NFL. He's 28th in yards per route run. So it's just pure volume with Kyron Williams. And it's not sustainable. There is no way that Kyron Williams keeps up this level of volume. At some point, they're going to go trade for Jonathan Taylor. They're going to sign Leonard Fournette. They're going to give Zach Evans the ball. Whatever it is, Kyron Williams is unsustainable. He's not that good. 
He's not that guy, pal. Hey, what was the last running back uh, that ran a four six five that was under two hundred pounds that you were excited about? Uh, didn't people get excited about Darwin Thompson for a, a spell? And we all remember how that happened. That uh, that did not go well. Uh, we can all admit that now. Looking back, um, we and myself included were I didn't I didn't select Derwin Thompson, but at the time I think he was the sixth overall pick in the rookie class that year. It was uh, it's a brutal for a lot of us. It was a bad class, bad class. But Kyron Williams. So my follow up question to you there is, if it's not him and they don't go out and make a trade, who could it be on L.A. Could could be Leonard Fournette. They could go out and sign Leonard Fournette. But at the running back position, they've got Ronnie Rivers, who. I don't know. He's just a guy, but so is Kyron Williams. Zach mm-hmm. Evans at least has a little bit of explosive upside. I don't think he's anything special. But again, when the baseline is just a guy in Kyron Williams, anyone can get targets there. Anyone can get snaps there. Anyone can get carries there. It just doesn't really matter for the Los Angeles Rams. Kyron Williams is just benefiting from the fact that Sean McVay hates Cam Akers because he wasn't very effective in week one either. He got the two touchdowns, but he wasn't efficient. No, he wasn't. He wasn't efficient, uh, but we did see this past week, week three, his first week without a touchdown, right? And it was an 8.5 performance, but some would argue, you know, running back 27 on the week is still fine. Uh, so if you had Kyron Williams uh, and you're not believing in the first three weeks, which, you know, you brought out all the reasons why, are you looking to sell high on Kyron or are you just looking to use him until the magic runs out, but you want to make sure you get your in, uh, insurance con- uh, contingencies in place now? What's your uh, which neck? I'm looking to sell high on Kyron Williams. I've never been a fan, so I don't have the opportunity to sell high on Kyron Williams. I don't think I have him anywhere. I wasn't even able to right, get him off right. the waivers anywhere because I went Jerome Ford instead. But get sell high, sell high. He's not a special talent. At some point, the Travis Fulgham run is going to end. <laughs> oh, baby. Kyron Williams is Travis Fulgham. I love it. That's the heat that we want here in the game plan. Love it, Jack. Uh, my guy that I think is a bit of a mirage, and maybe this is a bit of a cheat because he already played in week four, but I'm going to talk about him anyway. It's my show. I could do whatever the hell I want. Jordan Love. Uh, I am yes. a believer in Jordan Love. I've I've always uh, had faith that he could be an NFL quarterback and you know kind of spearhead a good offense. Um, but I will say so far in, he's been adequate. But I think that people are going to see the fact that uh, up until week four, he was a 20-point-a-game scorer. He was one of just a handful of quarterbacks that included like Justin Herbert uh, that was doing that. So, I mean, he was truly outkicking his coverage. Uh, and that's why I'm not looking to sell high. I don't think you'll get a lot, especially in your 1QB formats. But he's the guy that I'm just going to use till the magic's gone and make sure I have my contingency plan, which you could still potentially get C.J. Stroud in your 1QB leagues on ESPN. Anthony Richardson might have been dropped after he was out last week. Those are the guys that I'm going to stash on my bench and then start using as the magic scale tips for Jordan Love and these rookies start getting consistently uh, good. We might have already seen that started with a guy like C.J. Stroud. So, uh, But when I look at the underlying metrics, much like you do with Kyron Williams, just the efficiency metrics aren't there. What I'm seeing is a guy uh, that has thrown a bunch of touchdowns, seven touchdowns, that's the third most, uh, heading into week four. People will pass him now that he's played his fourth game. Uh, and he's been 
very efficient for fantasy, but these are the numbers that normalize over time. So he's number two in fantasy points per dropback, number one in air yards per attempt, but those are the metrics I think that we're going to come crashing down to earth as he levels out. Because when I look at his clean pocket completion percentage, 33rd in the NFL. When I look at his true completion percentage, 34th in the NFL, and he's 18th in true passer rating. So the QB skills uh, haven't been there in the metrics, and when you watch the games, uh, it's looking like his receivers are making more plays than he's making it easy uh, for his receivers. And now with Christian Watson back, um, he could see a little bit of uh, – he could sustain this magic maybe a little bit longer, but if I have him in, in fantasy, and I know a lot of people are relying on Jordan Love in one QB league, Superflex especially um, – I would probably get my contingency plan ready uh, to make that swap. But in Superflex, I'll give this quick caveat with Superflex. You could probably sell high in Superflex, I'd say. Uh, his value is going to be a little bit more uh, potent in those formats. So if you want to shop him around after this bad game, it might be tough because obviously when val- when players are have bad games, they're tough to sell in your leagues. I mean, if you're in a fantasy league, you know that's to be true. So I'm looking to wait till the Magic runs out. So any thoughts on on the division rival, Jordan Love? Well, so I have in my notes here would have been Jordan Love, but he exposed himself Thursday. And I think Jordan Love, like <laughs> yes, you said, that's fair. that's fair. he'll be fine at times. He'll have some games. He's more of a matchup dependent guy, whether or not you want to start hmm. him rather than a set it and forget it. So even when the magic runs out, there'll be a little sprinkles of magic in there as well. But like you said, he just hasn't been particularly efficient. He's not particularly accurate. He is number one hmm. in the NFL in yards after catch from his receivers, averaging over four yards. This is before this past week, but before Thursday night football, averaging over four yards after the catch per reception from his receivers. That's just boosting that quite a bit. Mm. He'll be all right. It's not the end of the world. He's just not as good as he looks when you just look at the box score. Daniel in the chat, Jordan Love or Blake Bortles. Now, I don't. I wouldn't go yeah. as far as say Blake Bortles, but Blake Bortles did have a lot of garbage time rushing where Jordan Love, I don't think, has been supported on – uh, garbage time and when the defense isn't trying he's just been getting like jack said his receivers are playing really really well and he's scoring a bunch of touchdowns so i'm not gonna call him blake bortles just yet but that that's a pretty good one that's a pretty good one to, to remember to uh to remember that these guys can have fugazi performances three weeks in jack give, give us another one my next one here is another running back going back to the well and it's another guy who's just living off of opportunity that's all it is and i get it opportunity at the running back position that is something that we chase But when you're not good getting opportunity, eventually that dries up. And that's why Zach Moss, the fact that he is second in snap share, first in opportunity share, does not make sense. Because he's sixth in the NFL in carries, but ninth in rushing yards and 20th (laughs) in receptions with 30 targets. Like The guy just feasts off of pure volume. And I get it, the Alfred Morris corollary with Anthony Richardson, where he's opening up those run lanes Mm. and freezing defenders. But... 23rd in yards per carry, despite having that booth, 24th in yards per touch, and 48th in yards created per touch. He's supposed to be this big bruising running back. He's more of a run into you and fall down guy, but the Colts offensive line has been surprisingly good. Anthony Richardson helps him out, but Zach Moss, at some point, again, he's going to lose this backfield. Jonathan Taylor's going to come back. They're going to make a trade with Jonathan Taylor and get a different running back. This is not Zach Moss's backfield. It's just not. Zach Moss is eating more than I think he'll be able to handle over the season. But I will, I mean, if you can put those, uh, put those, the way back machine, put yourself in one of those. Remember that draft class. I, I remember like it was yesterday. It was Swift. 
It was Taylor. It was CEH. It was Cam Akers. And it was Zach Moss. He was absolutely in that mix of running backs coming in. Uh, but he was the one that was probably anointed the uh, fugues of the bunch. Uh, and he's kind of been that way. And I agree. Uh, I did recommend on the last uh, fantasy football market watch that you can find on my Twitter, that player profiler uh, puts out a really, really cool form uh, of the graphics and whatnot. Uh, but I had him on as an up and an, a hold in the market watch. And it was because uh, I could see a, a world where Jonathan Taylor still traded, which then I think would create a chance for Zach Moss to be sell it at, sold at an increased value where you could keep him right now. Uh, whether you have to play him or not is up to you. It's probably more matchup dependent because the volume is going to be there at least one more week. But my thought is if I could sell him now, a lot of the people are probably thinking like you are, Jack. So if we were in the same league and I had Moss and I came to you and I said, oh, what do you want, Zach Moss? You're going to tell me to piss off. It's Zach Moss. Everyone's going to see. Everyone's going to check out the volume. So I would say for that, my plan of attack would be that you're right to sell, but I'm holding for this upcoming couple weeks. Because I think if Taylor's still traded, uh, and we've seen teams, I think, that are going to be interested that weren't interested or teams that will be more interested that were interested initially, the Packers uh, might be really excited to get like Jonathan Taylor if Aaron Jones is going to have to deal with that hamstring all year and uh, you know A.J. Dillon just hasn't gotten better. Then all of a sudden, everyone goes, oh, Moss is going to get the volume all year, right? His stock goes up. Then maybe you could flip him for a player that's truly reliable, someone that you could get in your lineup every week. So I'm with you that he's a fugaze. I just think our exit strategy should be over the next course of a couple weeks as opposed to right now. But if someone in your league needs somebody to start this week and they are going to pay through the nose, I think we're on the same page that he's a bit of a fugaze. Uh, what do you think his outlook is, though? Let's say Jonathan Taylor's traded tomorrow. So we know that Zach Moss is going to be the head of this backfield all season long. Where do you think his ceiling really is? Do you think it's a top 12 running back on a points per game basis or more like top 20? More like top 20. I think he yeah. is James Conner without the rushing touchdown upside because Anthony Richardson is going to be running it in at the goal line. Mm. So it's going to be a lot of empty calorie touches for uh, for Zach Moss in a lot of weeks. And I, I agree with you there that wait till the Jonathan Taylor, because he's kind of a hard guy to sell at this point. No one really wants Zach Moss. Everyone thinks he's not very good. They're just like, oh, right, right, right. All right. I'll ride with this. But I, I yeah, I think you wait till Jonathan Taylor's traded. But even once Jonathan Taylor's traded, I don't see him with 17 games of just pure raw RB1 workload. At some point, they're going to add someone. They're going to seed work to someone whether it's Trey Sermon, whether it's Leonard Fournette, whether it's Najee Harris, who I've heard rumored in a trade for Jonathan Taylor. Something's got to get. Too now. Something's got to get. If you, let me ask you this too. This is a football question. This is a, we are the uh, GMs of these teams questions. Uh, it's a little bit of a sidetrack, but it's a fun question. If you were the Dolphins, uh, you were sniffing around Jonathan Taylor, you were interested in Jonathan Taylor. If now, in the price, uh, according to the rumors, the price was a second round pick in one of their like really good players, like Jalen Waddle, uh, a couple of their defensive linemen, like the price was uh, absurd. But if the Colts came to you today and said the price is Devon H. A. in the third, are you doing that if you're the team builder of the, the Dolphins? Or was that week three explosion enough for you to go, no, A. Chain's our guy? Yeah, I think the week three explosion, plus the fact that it would be a rental on Jonathan Taylor, where you immediately have to pay him after the season or before the trade goes through. I think that leads me to stick with Devon A-Chain. The fact that I've got Devon A-Chain on a four-year cost control deal 
that leaves it. But if you want to go Raheem Mostert and <laughs> in a third, which wouldn't happen. But, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. But but Jeff Wilson in a third. Yeah, that, you that's it. yeah, that's more what I'm looking at. But I, I I just don't see the Dolphins doing anything at this point. I think it, that ship has sailed. I think it's going to be someone else, whether it's the Packers, the Steelers, the Rams. I think it's going to be someone else that makes a move for Jonathan Taylor. And let me ask you this follow-up question for fantasy. Would you move Devon A. Chain for Jonathan Taylor right now? Ooh, I you probably would have to whatever what do you whatever it takes for balance, whatever you know we have to add, but let's just in terms of the players, is that something you'd take? Would you still take Jonathan Taylor over Devon A. Chain? I'll still take Jonathan Taylor because it's going to be some ups and some downs with Devon A-Chain. Sometimes they're going to be airing it out instead of passing. Sometimes it is going to be a Raheem Mostert game. Sometimes it's going to be a Devon A-Chain game. Whereas when Jonathan Taylor comes back, he is just a set it and forget it type of guy. Jack, that is the right answer. Of course, we still want Jonathan Taylor. Uh, But my next player that I think is a bit of a mirage, you kind of mentioned him a second ago, Jonathan uh, James Conner. Uh, James Conner right now is playing at a top 13 level. He's he's scoring 16.1 fantasy points per game. He's the RB9 overall. Uh, But I don't know if that's going to be sustainable all year. He's number one in breakaway runs. He's seventh in evaded tackles. He's 11th in yards per carry. He's looking good. It's not a fact of whether James Conner is producing well. It's a matter of health. And now we're going to be three weeks in. Um, He's been healthy for all three. But over the course of the last, you know, basically his career, he's missed a bunch of games. 2021 was his healthiest season where he had 15. Uh, last year, 13, uh, 13 again in 2020. If I can take Jonathan Taylor, uh, James Conner and sell high and get myself a younger version of Jonathan Taylor, because right now these older players are playing well, and I'm not knocking what he's doing. My question is the sustainability, and much like Kyron Williams too. I mean, this guy's done over his career, so you can't knock it anymore. But yeah, 4-6 speed, he's not the fastest. So will those breakaway runs continue as that offense probably gets worse over time, I would say, given the fact that it's Dodds, they don't want to win. I don't know if they're going to keep playing as well as they've had over the time. So I'm looking to move on from James Conner. He's a sell guy. He's not someone I'm trying to hold because the injury bug can come up with him any day. So I'm trying to sell high and get myself a, a top 12, top 10. If I have to add a piece, I'll so be it. But I'm looking to sell high on James Conner. Any thoughts on James Conner? James Conner, like I said, he's just Zach Moss with more touchdown upside. But then when Kyler Murray returns, obviously he's going to be working back from the ACL. So he won't be immediately stealing carries on the goal line. But that is also a risk to happen. So, yeah. It's just these grinder backs that are receiving ridiculous volume. Those are the kind of guys that we at Player Profiler like to avoid. We don't like the guys that are just going to run into a wall and offer no explosive upside. Absolutely. I agree. Any more mirages before we get into the bargain bin? Nah. One final mirage that I've got here. It's it's Adam Thielen. I mean, come on. Adam Thielen, the Whoa! wide receiver nine right now. The wide receiver nine right now. I mean, he, he's first in slot snaps and he's third in routes run. But then he is 21st in receiving yards, despite being 12th in receptions. That, that That's bad. He's 22nd in yards after catch. His points per game is just purely volume driven with some touchdowns added as well. But he is 31st in yards per route run. He is 34th in yards per team pass attempt. And he is 46th in, oh, sorry, 31st in points per route run, fantasy points per route run, despite yeah. being the wide receiver nine. So the guy is Paris Campbell with, slightly more volume from last year because Paris Campbell ran all the routes last year and didn't do anything. That is more what Adam Thielen is showing based on the underlying metrics. He got lucky to have Andy Dalton versus the Seahawks for a game. 
Bryce Young versus the Vikings. That lowers the ceiling significantly. I wish Andy Dalton was starting this week. <laughs> is it the oldest wide receiver? Is, no, is he the oldest wide no. receiver? Marvin Jones is the oldest wide receiver in the NFL, and nothing good happens when you target Marvin Jones. He has a fumble. He came up short on a first down, and he hasn't caught a pass since week one. Oh, it's been rough. Shout out to you, Snowman. And he had the answer right after to Marvin Jones. Daniel in the chat, though, isn't it? Adam Thielen's revenge game. It's, Mr. Jack, did we get to buy into is, that narrative? I am not buying into the revenge game for Adam Thielen. I, I'm just not. I don't think he's that good. I think it is pretty clear that he's not good. <laughs> I, I, I'm playing Thielen this week. I'm okay to play him this week for the revenge game narrative. He's you also going to. to. Well, right. I mean, the volume is going to probably be there, I would say, another week. Uh, But it's really more the matchup. Cornerbacks in Minnesota are not good. Uh, And matter of fact, when we go bargain bin hunting, uh, I will bring up more uh, about the uh, cornerbacks in Minnesota. But revenge game, bad corners. It's enough for me to go, all right. I'll play Thielen in a couple of spots. I will. So, but I agree. It's probably one of those things that uh, does evaporate. And once we need it to be there, you know, like the mirage in the desert, you believe it's water. You crawl towards, you need the water in the desert. You get there and it's just more sand. That's the ultimate mirage. And Adam Thielen might be that guy. Cause by the time you're in the thick of it, hunting for the playoffs in the playoffs, that's when he turns into the pile of sand. Uh, and that could be a big problem. So Adam Thielen, Go ahead and make contingency plans at the very least. If you could sell high, sell high. But before we get into the bargain bin, my friend, let's hear about Battle. Oh, I see it every day online, every single day. Hey, that looks like a great fantasy team in an eight-team league. Oh, wish I could be in a league with you, right? Well, guess what? Now you can respond with, sure, let's play on Battle. That's the beauty of this platform. This new Battle platform standardizes all position scoring. So you just load your team and you challenge your friend, your colleague, Twitter troll, and you can browse other teams and issue challenges. Betel is revolutionizing fantasy football. And with code UNDERWORLD, you get a $100 instant deposit match plus a free $10. So even if you deposit 20, you get 50. Think about that. So go to betel.com, the code is UNDERWORLD. Betel.com, the code is UNDERWORLD, or click a link in the description. It's fun to be right. We're back with the gameplay. Matt Kiwum joined by player profiler today's host, Jack Kavanaugh. And we're going bargain bin hunting to help you guys get them dubs in week four. Let's start the quarterback position, Jack. Give us a bargain bin player that someone can either add off waivers or a cheap DFS play, whatever they need it. But this is when we're getting desperate. But this guy will come through. It's got to be CJ Stroud. I mean, he's still rostered in less than 30% of leagues right now. And we just saw it. We saw it last week. Our friend Cody Carpentier willing to put CJ Stroud ahead of Trevor Lawrence at this point. Or I don't know if he's put him in the head in the rankings, but did point out that CJ Stroud is who he wanted Trevor Lawrence to be. He is just Mm. so Mm -hmm. accurate. He is just a true pros pro doing it behind a banged up offensive line. That's lost plenty of starters doing it with a, Bunch of no names at wide receiver and tank Dell. It's it's incredible what we're seeing from CJ Stroud. Fourth in pass attempts, fifth in yards, sixth in air yards. So he's throwing it downfield as well. Four money throws. Just everything that CJ Stroud does is good. The Steelers have one of, if not the most overrated defense in the NFL. So I love CJ Stroud. And even if 
I was going to say, even if the Steelers get up early, that's not going to happen. The Ste- it's not going to be a come from behind, <laughs> but CJ Stroud's going to be able to move the ball on the Steelers. It, uh, that was actually going to be my question. Not worried about TJ Watt with this banged up offensive line. No Laramie Tunsil again. Uh, so are you nervous that he could be a disruptor or will it not matter overall? I'm nervous. I'd be a lot more nervous if sacks counted for lost fantasy points, but they don't. So right, right. I'll, it'll be okay. The Steelers secondary is overrated enough that Tank Dell is going to get open. There's going to be some jump balls to Nico Collins. It might not be the prettiest day, but you can do a lot worse. And this one, I, this is one I am debating right now. I think I'm going to stick with Deshaun Watson, but that shoulder has me worried for mm. Deshaun Watson. I think that this this segment specifically this week, every time we do the segment, it's really just uh, it's not we're not talking about some specific, but somebody emerges as the player at this position that people are now having to pivot from. Deshaun Watson to me is that guy this week. This is the replacement overall that we're talking about because that shoulder injury, he hasn't been able to throw a lot. And in fantasy, we want our quarterbacks throwing the ball. And CJ Stroud's been chucking the football. He's looked great. Uh, my bargain bid player, you went with a rookie. I'm going with a grizzled old vet, Matthew Stafford, this week. Uh, they are in Indianapolis. Stafford is currently quarterback 22 on player profilers weekly ranks. Um, he's rostered in about 34% of ESPN leagues, only 46 on sleeper. He's a cheap DFS play as well, 57 on DK, 66 hundo on FanDuel. Uh, so far in 2023, Matthew Stafford's actually been a lot better than his surface stats would suggest. He's first in air yards, second in pass attempts. He's eighth in money throws, and he has 300 or more passing yards in two of the three games. Problem is, he's only thrown for two touchdowns in the entire season. Looking for a little bit of touchdown positive regression or touchdown progression, as I've been told is the correct way to say that. Uh, but also in this matchup alone, uh, Indy gives up the fourth most fantasy points to the QB position over league average, so it's a pretty easy matchup for opposing quarterbacks. They've given up the ninth most passing yards so far this year, um, which is kind of where two uh, stats collide. The you know Indianapolis gives up the passing yards, and Matthew Stafford hasn't had a problem throwing for a bunch of passing yards, so I think he can maintain that high level of production. And the game is a 45 over under. That's the fourth highest, so Vegas is projecting points in that game. And Rams are only a one-point dog, so basically a pickup. So there could be a lot of back and forth. Anthony Richardson's going to play, so that helps the point total get up. The shootout potential indoors also helps out the shootout potential. So if I'm looking for a quarterback, C.J. Stroud is a great option, and also Matthew Stafford, former Detroit Lion. We still love Matthew. Still fans. Oh yeah, Stafford? we still we still love Matthew. We of course we love Matthew Stafford. We were happy to see him get the ring. He deserves it. Matthew Stafford, I, I am totally in on Matthew Stafford. The arm is still there. A couple turnovers, which we don't love to see, but at least he's slinging it all over the field. Yeah, I'm in on Matthew Stafford. Yeah, the elbow was always my concern, but so far it looks pretty good. Uh, much to do up. about nothing, it seems like. Seems like a much ado about nothing. Now, let's go into the running back position, Jack. Who's someone that is not rostered that our listeners could go get right now if they're desperate for a running back? So it's, I'm not, it's not one I want to play this week. I got another guy if you need someone to play this week. But Justice Hill being rostered in less than 30% of leagues makes absolutely no sense. And this week, it's the Cleveland Browns defense. So you're not going out and firing up Justice Hill against the Cleveland Browns defense when there's no Odell Beckham, when there's no mm-hmm. Rashad Bateman. It's going to be a tough time running the football, moving the football, period. But Justice Hill is almost tripling Gus Edwards and routes run. 
And in week one, when J.K. Dobbins went down, we saw two touchdowns from Justice Hill on the goal line. Week two, Gus Edwards gets the goal line touchdown. But before Edwards got the touchdown, Justice Hill had an attempt. So they are more than happy to trust Justice Hill on the goal line. He is going to be used more in the passing game. He's going to get some lighter boxes than Gus Edwards. So I'm in on Justice Hill. But if you need someone to play instead, I would go with Roshan Johnson, our guy, Roshan Johnson. Oh, Roshan Johnson. Is this the week? Because they're teasing us. His his snap share just keeps creeping up, creeping up, creeping up over the first three weeks of his career. Uh, but is this the week? You know, Denver just gave up, I don't know, what was it, 650,000 yards on the ground and 14 rushing touchdowns? Uh, so is this the week that it is? is can we, as Roshan believers, is this the week, Jack? I really, really hope it's the week. It should be the week. He's better than Khalil Herbert in every way. He's more efficient on the ground. He's better in the passing game. It should be all Roshan Johnson. Five yards per carry, true yards per carry. That's 12th in the NFL. 5.4 yards per touch is 13th. And his actual real-life yards per carry, 5.3, almost a yard and a half more than Khalil Herbert. It's just... Right. Night and day difference. Roshan Johnson is the guy. And even if, okay, the Denver Broncos are going to go all in on stopping the run because what happened last week, Roshan Johnson, pretty damn good in the passing game as well. 11 targets, caught 10 of them. He's the real deal. Yeah, I think it's the week. I'm with you. And the team, the thing about Roshan too, and not, I mean, listen, Jack, you did it. You brought up Roshan. So we're going to talk Roshan. We love Roshan here in the game plan. I had to uh, here. If I'm on the game bad. plan, we got to talk about Roshan. I'm, I'm, it's looking like Miles Sanders is getting more questionable by the hour, and I have Roshan in the chamber ready to unleash the beast. And the thing about uh, Roshan that I know to back up everything you just said in terms of his style of play, his ability to play, the team loves him. They always talk about how much of a Superman he is for this team, what he does for them, how excited they are. So it's only a matter of time till he absolutely breaks out. Uh, before I give my running back, the Fantasy Football Ninja is in the chat, and he's asking if he should play Jalen Warren against the soft Houston run D or Rashad White versus the stout New Orleans D. Oh, goodness. I want to say Rashad White based on volume. I know he's going to get the touches in the Tampa Bay, and you have to hope he scores a goal, a goal line touchdown. Whereas Jalen Warren, you don't know what he's going to get on a week-to-week basis. He's a, what, 30 to 60% snap player, and it could be anywhere in between. Uh, I think I got to roll with Rashad White. I'm uh, I'm definitely rolling with Rashad White, I hear. And it's because I just don't know. I yeah. will say this about Jalen Warren, though. If you have him, you're encouraged by the snap share. It's gone up about 3% each of the first three weeks. It's just, man, if he, it, it, uh, the, the soft defense goes for both running backs. So it could be a Najee day. If Najee breaks two away, ah, so I'm going to go with Rashad with the pass catching upside. Uh, that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, and now let's go to my running back in the bargain bin. And this is so low of the bargain bin. I'm talking about the sludge at the bottom of the bargain bin. I'm talking about the grossest part of the dumpster, the bottom here. This is where I'm going shopping. But I think there's a player there that if you're in an absolute bind, could bail you out. And that's Latavius Murray. They're home against Buffalo. He's running back 55 so far on player profilers ranks for the week. Um, he's only rostered 3.5% of ESPN leagues, 10% of sleepers, so he's widely available. It's one of the cheapest options. I'm not really a big DFS play on him because I don't think the upside's there. Uh, but if you want those numbers, 4,700 on, on DraftKings, 5,000 on FanDuel. Uh, but his matchup is the reason why I might be willing to play him if I am absolutely desperate. Buffalo is minus two points to giving two at home, and it's a 53 and a half over under, the highest on the slate. We just saw the Dolphins score 70 points 
Am I saying they're going to score 70? No, but what I'm saying is this offense has the capability to push the pace. And the Bills have an offense that can keep the pace. And we've seen, well, we've seen Latavius Murray again to continue his pretty solid NFL career. He has had eight red zone touches. That's 13th most. He has 1.27 fantasy points per opportunity. That's the fifth most. And that largely comes on the fact that he has two rushing touchdowns. So the old man's still getting it done against the goal line. And they might very well be there a couple of times this year, this week. Uh, and when we look at Miami's defense, they have surrendered the fifth most rushing touchdowns to running backs. Uh, and they've also given up the 11th most fantasy points to the running back position over league average. So it's a better than average matchup for the Bills. And if they're going to have to keep pace with a team that scores a ton of touchdowns, Latavius Murray may sniff pay dirt once again. And if you're looking for in your deeper leagues, if you're looking for a, an absolute desperate play, 11, 12 fantasy points, that could bail you out and get you a win in week four. Uh, we're going to go move on now to the wide receivers. But before we do, our man Jacob is in the chat. His friend offered him Bijan and Christian Watson. For Puka, Swift, and Kirk. Which side of that trade do you want? Bijan and Watson or Puka, Swift, and Kirk? I think I want Bijan and Watson because of the upside of Watson. I'm uncertain about Puka Nakua, what his future will be when Cooper Cup returns. Christian Watson, or not Christian Watson, Christian Kirk is very boom bust. So give me the locked in RB stud of Bijan and the upside of Christian Watson versus two guys. I'm not certain when they're going to hit and Deandre Swift, who seems like he's just hitting every week at this point, but <laughs> I mean, Swift's good uh, for sure, but they're going to be gaining well weeks. We know that yeah. there's going to be Jalen hurts weeks, which yeah. they really haven't been yet in terms of just like Jalen go win us a football game that hasn't happened for the Eagles. It's coming. You know, they got some tough divisional games uh, on the horizon. I love Christian Kirk, but I'm taking the Bijan. I, I'm taking the Bijan side and it's strictly on Bijan. Christian Kirk's obviously, I mean, Christian Watson's obviously a good player. He's on a pitch count and when his first game back, scores a touchdown. This dude just catches touchdown passes. There was a book, Jack. I, I, I don't know if you ever saw read this book. There was a book called The Boy Who Only Hit Home Runs. And it was this book. It was a kid's book about this kid who just every time the bat hit the ball, it was a home run. That's Christian Watson with touchdowns. The boy who only catches touchdowns because he just catches touchdowns. He did it right away in week four on Thursday night. But to get Bijan, in this situation, you got to do it and then, you know, let the chips fall what they may because now you're getting a difference maker. And just because he had a bad game, that's probably the only reason why the window is open in the first place. So take advantage of that window and get yourself some B. John Robinson. Now, if the if someone listening is in desperate need of a flex or wide receiver, give us a wide receiver at the bargain bin that they should be playing. It's got to be Robert Woods. How is Robert Woods available in 21% of leagues? It doesn't make Robert any sense. He, I know. I was not in on Robert Woods all offseason, but he proved me wrong. He is not as washed, as dusty as I thought. Ten targets week one, nine in week two, and then six last week. But it was the Tank Dell breakout game, and the Texans somehow got up early and were able to take the air yes. out of the football. That's not going to happen every week for the Houston Texans. And like I said, the Steelers are extremely overrated on defense. Robert Woods, Tank Dell, Nico Collins, those are all guys that every week you have the ability to start just because of the passing offense of this Texans team, which who would have thought heading into 2023, you'd have three options in the Texans passing game and none of them would be the tight end, Dalton Schultz. <laughs> I know. I thought Dalton Schultz would be a little bit more... Um... But I guess what it ended up being was we were all in on Schultz being 
um, the safety blanket for a rookie. It turns out the boy don't need a safety blanket because he's got a stud and tank down on the edge. Robert Woods still looking like he's a good player. And you bring up Robert Woods. Here's a side note. We're talking about Puka long term. I think that's the role that we'll see Puka yeah. settle into when Cooper comes back. Good, not great, but definitely worth uh, rostering in fantasy. So if you're in Big need of bus. a wide receiver, Big boom bust. He's going to have his weeks. But this week against a, a pretty soft uh, secondary, you know, there's a lot of hype going around Joey Porter Jr., which he's been playing good. They're just not giving him a lot of snaps. So, yeah, he's been good on the field. But until they make him their cornerstone out there to shadow, shut down, whatever, he can't necessarily fade guys going against that secondary just quite yet. Robert Woods, a nice little guy to go roster in a pinch. Uh, but I am saying this from my heart. Ladies and gents, if you do pick up Robert Woods, Kiwum will be rooting against you because I am going against Robert Woods in a number of leagues, so I'm hoping for a bad week. So I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry for the bad juju. I bring the good juju out for Jack, bad juju out for Robert Woods if you roster. But anyway, let's move on. My wide receiver is something that is it's going to come with homework, and I'm sorry, ladies and gents. I know you don't want homework on the weekend, but I think it might be worth it. And the homework is to monitor Jonathan Mingo. Concussion, still working his way back. He's heading into Sunday questionable. And if he plays, I think he is someone that you need to play in fantasy if you are in a bind in flex or wide receiver. They got home against Minnesota. I teased it at the top why this Minnesota defense is worth exploiting. Uh, he's right now wide receiver 53, so it's not like we have a lot of faith in him, but he's just creeping into that top 50. He's only rostered in 10.4% of ESPN, 26% on sleepers, so he's widely available. Um, again, I don't know if I see the upside for DFS, but he has more. Then the last guy I mentioned, Latavius Murray, so I'll bring up his numbers, 3,400 on DK, 4,800 on FanDuel. He's had five or more targets in all three games this year. That's including the game in which he left early last week. So they're using they're using Mingo. They're throwing him uh, the ball. And my man Connor in the chat said that he's getting a ton of snaps. Yes, he is getting a ton of snaps. He's running a ton of routes. He's also... The sixth he has the sixth highest unrealized air yards. A lot of meat on that bone. So if we get some nice little flattening, little regression to the mean, bring that number down, that could be a mean a big week this week. Because like our man Connor said in the chat, like I'm saying here now, he's been on the field a ton. 87% in week one, over 97% in week two. Two last week he did leave early. He was concussed, so he didn't play in as many game and many snaps. But uh, he was being used a ton before he left early. And I tease it at the top. Let's dive into it now. Minnesota cornerbacks are no bueno. They are not good. They're just not good at stopping people uh, in football. He's projected to see a lot of uh, a Caleb. I believe is how you pronounce his name. I'm terrible with names. I'm so sorry. Like, Kiwo, get it together. You're freaking doing content. Get better with names. Fair point. Fair criticism. My own mind. Uh, a Caleb Evans, cornerback 43. Uh, but he doesn't shadow. He only shadows about 40% of the time. So if they move Mingo around, they can, they can shake him loose uh, of a cornerback who's their best and still not in, in my top 40. Uh, but in the slot, he'll be li linking up against Josh Metellus, who barely cracked my top 100. He's not good. So when Mingo goes in the slot, he's going to have a chance to attack. Minnesota gives up the third most receiving yards as a unit, and they have the third most advantageous matchup in all of fantasy. So... Uh, we're saying, you know, maybe a little bit of fade. Adam Thielen is a bit of mirage. If Mingo plays, he might be that bargain bin option that gets you the dub in this matchup. Again, it's something that we're going to want to attack. It's indoors. Uh, oh, no, it's in Carolina. Yes, in Carolina. So it's outdoors, but Carolina is not decent weather, I guess. Uh, but a 45 and a half over under six highest on the slate. 
and Carolina is getting three at home. So it could be uh, a, a six-point game if they were on the road in Minnesota. So there's potential uh, comeback efforts uh, according to Vegas. So I, I want to be a part of this. Jonathan Mingo inventory. If you need them, go get them for fantasy. Now, let's move on to the most coveted position in the bargain bin. This is the most important position because if you don't got Kelsey, if you don't got Mark Andrews or TJ Hawkinson, you might as well be in the bargain bin each and every damn week. That's why tight ends are the most important here in the bargain bin. So Jack, Take four. Tell everyone listening what tight end can they use if they are in a bind this week or if they're streaming the position. Well, before we get to that, I would like to include Sam Laporta in the list of guys that you just mentioned. He is another guy that is a must start every single week. You can't get him anymore. That ship has sailed. That's fair. 9.6 in a bad. Like the the game flow didn't go the way of the pass catchers. Still 9.6 face, but you will take that at tight end. That could be be tight end six this week. It very well could be, but... If you missed out on Sam Laporta, you can go out and go get Gerald Everett because I don't know if you heard Mike Williams is done for the season. Mike Williams tore his ACL and everyone is debating. Oh, is it going to be Josh Palmer? Is it going to be Quinton Johnson? Josh Palmer, Quinton Johnson. Well, when the injury happened, the Chargers completely shifted their offense. They became a two tight end offense rather than a three wide receiver offense, which means Quinton Johnston probably still not going to be on the field a ton. We're still going to see a bit of Donald Parham. Donald Parham has three touchdowns on the season, more than Kyle Pitts has in his career, which is just a shame. But it's still Gerald Everett, who is the tight end one. He had six targets last week. He was the tight end 14 last week, catching all six of his targets. He's got every target thrown his way this season. Gerald Everett is just a solid football player without Mike Ev- or without Mike Williams. And with this offense in flux against the Las Vegas Raiders, also no Austin Eckler, who's doubtful. This is the Gerald Everett week. I too am touting Gerald. That's exactly who I have in the bargain bin as well. So, I mean, you kind of touched upon all the reasons to do it. Uh, But did you, did you happen to mention his yards per out run? I did not. Well, I'm glad I had one thing written down that we can continue to shed light on why Gerald Everett is a player this week and maybe going forward. He has the fourth highest yards per hour run amongst qualified tight ends. Uh, he is the fifth most yak. He has 70 yards after completion, which is what you want out of a tight end. Let's face it. That's what makes Laporta the beast that he is, is the yards after catch. And Justin Herbert, man, I mean, the kid is absolutely on fire right now. He is dealing his first three games in, you want a piece of this offense. Uh, no Mike Williams. You mentioned it. Maybe no Austin Eckler. Is it going to be the Quinton Johnson show? Nah. Eh. Don't believe it. Don't like him. Don't believe it. Josh Palmer is just a guy. Gerald Everett might be their second most dynamic playmaker on this offense aside, uh, or, or should I say skilled position player? Because if you count for Justin Herbert, that is obviously your most skilled player. But Allen, and then you could make the arguments ever over both Palmer and Quinton Johnson at this point. So uh, I think I am all in on Gerald Everett this week. He is a must play, a game that we want to attack, a matchup we love for opposing tight ends, an athletic tight end. Checks all the boxes. Speaking of checking all the boxes, if you're not watching the Fantasy Empire, you need to go check that show out. Uh, it's a great show by Nando DeFino and Chris. I'm drawing a blank on his last name. I am so sorry, but he is. They're great co-hosts this week. Actually, it was Chris and the Podfather, and they're talking about 
uh, veteran wide receivers and how they're still getting the job done. They dive into a number of player versus player type of debate, talk conversation. So make sure you're checking out the Fantasy Empire uh, when you get the chance. And make sure that you're using these players in the bargain. So at quarterback, we had Stafford and Stroud. At running back, we had Latavius Murray. Oh, I can't believe I can't believe I'm saying that, but uh, whatever. It's Latavius Murray. Stash Justice Hill. Start Roshan Johnson. Jonathan Mingo. Big Mingo, but again, it comes with a little bit of homework. You need him to be active, so you're going to have to pay attention. So Jonathan Mingo, or if you want to go old, we went Robert Woods. It is kind of interesting how we both kind of just weaved old and young throughout, and then at the end, we're both saying play Gerald Everett. So to recap one last time, Stafford and Stroud, Roshan and Murray, Woods and Mingo, and definitely Definitely, definitely go get Gerald Everett, who's rostered uh, in only about 30% across the board. That's going to be a wrap on today's show. Jack, you are the man. Thank you so much for hanging out, breaking down week four. Uh, But before you take take the stage here and tell everyone where they can find you, let's answer one last question in the chat. This comes from Connor Porter. Hope you have a good weekend so far. We are. Thanks, Connor. I really appreciate that. Should he drop Dylan in Dynasty? Chuba Hubbard, Keaton Mitchell, they're available. Would you rather have Dylan, Hubbard, or Mitchell in Dynasty? Uh, I don't think you can drop Dylan in Dynasty as gross as it's been, as gross as it feels. There's still a chance that he goes somewhere next year that's a better fit to his skill set. So I don't think you can drop him, especially not for Keaton Mitchell. I, I suppose there's a conversation for Chuba Hubbard, especially with Miles Sanders banged up, but I'm sure there's someone else on your roster that would be a better drop than AJ Dillon to pick up Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, I'm going to, I want to say drop AJ Dillon. You know, he's fallen to running back 46 in our dynasty ranks, uh, but I'm not dropping for those two guys because Hubbard, uh, we have him outside of our top 50, and Miles Sanders is unequivocally the guy when he's healthy. Uh, so I don't love that, and I don't love Keaton Mitchell at all. If they're going to fancy themselves contenders, I don't think it's going to be uh, on the back of Keaton Mitchell. I think they will go get a Leonard Fournette, or maybe they get in the Jonathan Taylor sweepstakes. Who knows? Uh, but I don't know if it's going to be Keaton Mitchell. So I'm not dropping Dylan, and I also want to say this about Dylan. Every year, this time of year, we hate Dylan, but once Thanksgiving rolls around, Christmas rolls around, and those Lambo freezing cold games happen, AJ Dillon's always good for a two touchdown game right around the fantasy playoffs. So if if those are the best options, I'm keeping Dillon. You might as well hold on. You never know. One couple touchdown week, maybe you can sell as opposed to drop. So Connor, go ahead and hold AJ Dillon in that situation. And Jack, the floor is yours, my friend. Where can they find you? Where can they get all of your content? You can find me everywhere at Javana87. Make sure you go follow me on Twitter. You can find me on Player Profiler today. Last night, we were talking about Jamison Williams getting unsuspended. We're always talking about the news. And you can see my face on TikTok as well. I am on the Profiler underscore news account on TikTok. You'll see me splattered throughout the Roto Underworld Twitter as well. So you can find me a bunch of places and hopefully see you soon. Absolutely. Check out Jack. Check out Player Profiler today. And if you're on TikTok, definitely give him a follow. Give the Player Profiler news a follow because he's always dropping news. Like, I swear, I see Shefty, and then it's like, oh, there's Jack on TikTok. 
breaking down why it's fantasy relevant, why we should be excited, why we should be sad. Uh, so he's absolutely killing it. A true NFL journalist amongst all of us fantasy goofballs. So really, really respect you. Really respect what you do, and, and thanks for coming on. It was a blast, and I, we'll, we'll have to keep clapping. It's been too. We can't let it happen like this, Jack. It was too long. We let it happen for too long, so we're gonna have to get get together and do some more stuff. Uh, but you can find me on X at Maddie Kiwoom again. Like and subscribe this video or like this video. Subscribe to the Player Profile YouTube channel. Also, if you're in the following mood, the subscribing mood, subscribe to the uh, the executives of Fantasy Football, Cody Carpenter's and I's YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. Uh, make sure you're checking out the cornerback rankings each week on Player Profile. Uh, I am constructing those, putting those together. And check out all the articles. I mean, Player Profile is the best place on God's green earth when it comes to fantasy football content. The volume and the quality, it's unmatched articles videos shows there really is nothing like it going on so check all that stuff out uh but if you just can't get enough of me personally you can also go to patreon.com slash the executives uh keep game planning all my friends enjoy week four and i will see you next week peace